Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media where we bring you the best actionable advice to help you grow your business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My That's name right. is Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acre. How's it going, Luke? It's going great. Today is the day to make hay. That's what you said before we came on this podcast, right? Today is the day to make hay. Yeah. Yes. Do it and hay way. is money, right? Hay is money. And paid you will stay. <laughs> and paid you will stay. It's the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> and it's not even Christmas. It feels like Christmas here at Reminder Media because this is our busy season. Yes. And we freaking blow up during this time of the year because everybody has to send something to their clients for the holidays. So they end up using us. But uh, so Well, speaking like of it's... sending things to your clients for the holidays and, and mm-hmm. clever rhymes, we're going to be talking about writing today. Yes. So you're writing holiday messages to your clients. Hopefully you are if you're not. This podcast will certainly help you out. But our topic today is on writing for your business. Now, I know that that might bring back some school memories of staring at that blank sheet of paper or watching the cursor blink in place for an hour of that Word document. But we wanted to take it back to the point of why you should be writing personalized letters to targeted segments of your clients and prospects. On average, I think everyone knows this stat, but people see over 5,000 marketing messages or advertisements a day, which means to cut through the noise, you have to be personal with your mm-hmm. approach. As a matter of fact, one statistic says that marketers have noticed a 760% increase in revenue from segmented campaigns. That's according to Campaign Monitor. So put that into perspective. That's unbelievable. Going from $10,000 in revenue, simple math here, take you to $76,000 in revenue if you just segment if you and segment. personalize your messages. So today, we're gonna to go over how to segment, what segments you should be writing towards, and send some examples that we've seen our own customers use for success. No, I love it. Um, you know the saying is your network is your net worth, right? I really truly believe it's how well segmented that you you can create your network. Meaning your marketing campaigns, and I've shared this before on webinars, I've shared this before when I'm coaching people, your marketing, the, the success of your marketing will be dictated probably by how well you segment that list yeah. that you're targeting. When you really think about it from a, a tangible application standpoint, what has Facebook really capitalized on and allowed you to do. It's allowed you to really segment your audience to only show relevant information oh, right. to the right people. So what they're really, really allowing you to do is they're allowing you to go, I'm going to help you segment this audience you're going to talk to, to be specific to them based upon their likes, their interest, and all that good stuff. Yeah. And so letter writing is no different you just have to do the work manually correct right you have to do the work manually so you have to start off by grouping your contacts into segments now this can be by location gender age job title Mm -hmm. buying history there's a lot of demographic Mm -hmm. uh, things that can go into creating your segments um but it's really taking uh one one piece of advice would be to kind of go towards the emotional target so to target actually based on the emotion or the, the the reason for which they reached out to you yep so if you're if you're um, segmenting or writing stuff to your to your leads, what was the reason that they reached out to you in the first place? We've talked yep. about this on past podcasts with things like lead magnets. Yep. You know, if someone's coming to your site and you have an, an ebook or something on your site all about preparing your home for selling or all about decorating your kitchen or kitchen renos, you know, yep. now you're you're kind of filtering these people into not only the demographic, which might be their age, gender, location, but you're also filtering them into what uh, more like the psychographic. Yeah. Uh, um, segment where what is really driving them? Yeah, the context of where they're at. And why do they come to you in the yep. first place for the information that you're providing? Correct. It's like all of us tend to write 
based upon where we're at right. versus based upon where that person we're writing to is at. And it's such a, a subtle change, but it makes all the difference in the world. I went to a Tony Robbins co- a conference, and I think I've mentioned this before, but it really spoke to me about, he talked about like the key to sales and the key to growing a business is based upon how well you can find out somebody's pain their greatest pain and their and their basically greatest desires. Mm-hmm. Those two things is what you're searching for is what's their greatest pain, what's their greatest desires, and then you create an irresistible offer that attacks those two things. It's the same in this type of analogy or example. When you're writing this letter, you're writing in the context of trying to figure out what is this person's greatest pain that I'm you know, talking to, or what are their greatest desires and what's my irresistible offer? Right. How am I solving that problem? Yep. So let's talk about like segmentation. So to give you guys kind of context of why we're even talking about this, our product, American Lifestyle Magazine, gives our clients the ability to write a personal letter on the inside front cover of it. So you can literally, with our product, the magazine, you could literally write a personal letter. So this is something for the past really 15 years, we've had clients do and we've seen certain trends, certain successes, certain things like that, and it all starts going back to kind of your list. So let's talk a little bit about segmentation Segmenting your list. What are the different categories that we're seeing? Uh, where would you start? I know exactly where I would go uh, for number one. You have an above like, the noise on this. Yes, I do have an above actually. the noise. No, but uh, before we even get into that, you can. Uh, one of the things I would recommend you do uh, would be to start building out personas, and this is something that we've done for our mm, that's company. A great so a persona is. This Actually, is a deep marketing term. It is, yeah. No. Take take your list and start to picture real people that represent a group of your list. So That's great. Yep. This would begin by segmenting them down by common behavior patterns. This would be shared pain points, like what you were saying with mm-hmm. Tony Robbins. This would be universal goals, wishes, mm-hmm. and dreams, things that this person may all share in common with each other. And then you have your general demographic and biographic information. So then after you have that and you have your, your people, create an actual person that has a name and that has a picture because this is going to help you then whenever you're writing because now you're no longer writing to a blank sheet of you're paper. You're writing to someone, yeah. You're writing to Millennial Mark or Empty Nestor es- Esther <laughs> or Derek. How long did it take you to come up with those? <laughs> Empty Nestor Esther. Derek and Debbie Dink. You know what Dink is? <laughs> no. Double income, no kids. So this is a whole group of people that you're now, your oh message can be targeted towards. And this isn't, I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. HubSpot actually has a tool that allows you to upload a picture oh, really? and assign persona to your sales That's leads awesome. so that you can then start to understand from a sales perspective because, guys, everything sales. Mm-hmm. Writing these letters, yep. yes, you're doing it conversational. Yes, you're writing it to your past clients, but it's still it's still sales. So you have a person that you're writing towards and you're not just writing to that blank sheet of paper. I'll make a sales point there is that there... There's proven statistics that a generalist is always outsold by a specialist. And that specialist is you can speak the language, you understand the pain points, you understand the industry. So this idea of the persona is just making you even more specialized That's a great, into yeah. who you're in, who you're talking to or how you're angling your message. So if you find yourself, maybe you're you know a salesperson listening to this because I know we have a bunch of sales professionals that listen to this. You need to be thinking to yourself one of the best pieces of sales advice I've ever heard is that the person said, and this was on LinkedIn, the person said when they were giving a tip to a new sales rep joining their company, the the sales rep goes, hey, what should I do? What's the best thing I can do as I'm joining this company? He said, go and shadow your client Mm. for literally two to four hours. Shadow them. Learn what they do because once you learn what someone goes through and what they do, you become a specialist in what they're doing. And two to four hours is not enough. But the point being is, 
a generalist will always be outsold by a specialist because it gets into ultimately the confidence and authenticity of what you're delivering. Yeah. Because now you really can feel the pain of the real estate agent that we're selling to, or you can feel the pain of the financial advisor. For you guys, you can feel the pain of the first time home buyer. Like how much easier is it to be a real estate agent once you've gone through the process of buying a home? A lot of people get into real estate because they hated the process of going to buying a home and how painful that was. So anyways. So no, our software there. allows you to segment, um, you know, build custom lists. So, and, and I know you've got, we mentioned, you have an above the noise on how to yes. do this, but you've really got some great tips on what to segment those by. So I'll mm -hmm. let you kind of run with that. Yeah, one. meaning <laughs> I think the first one is uh, your friends and family. Most overlooked. Oh man, it drives Most me. Overlooked. It drives me nuts. The, here's the the question I think all of you should ask yourself, right? Because everybody gives the same response when you say, "Hey, send something to your friends and family. Write a personal letter to your friends and family. I don't need to tell my uncle Joe that I'm in real estate. He knows I'm in real estate. I don't need to tell my uncle Joe I'm a financial." advisor. Here's the question that you need to ask yourself with your relatives. If I asked you right now what your relatives do, there's a chance you probably know what your relatives do. If you don't know what your relatives do, that should be a sign right there for you. But if I asked you what are the things they need in their job to drive success, chances are 99% of the time you don't know. What is it that they need for their boss to look at them and go, you've done a great job, you deserve a raise. Or if they're an entrepreneur, a real estate agent, a financial advisor, what do they need to actually make money? That's where people make the mistake. Your Uncle Joe doesn't know you as your profession of what you need to drive success in your life and in your business. He, know, he might know you as Luke the Realtor, but he doesn't know you as Luke the Realtor that needs a referral. So everybody he talks to at his work, hey, if, you're, if he hears you're looking to buy or sell a home, he, he actually says, hey, you need to talk to Luke. He's a great realtor because he knows what you need. That's the mistake and that's why you need to add these people to your segmentation is because they know you, but they don't know what you need. And the purpose of writing these letters and keeping in touch with these people is not so every letter you write, you write to them, Uncle Joe, I wanted to write to you again as your, as your nephew. I wanna make sure you remember that I need referrals. That's not the point. The point is that you're connecting with Uncle Joe, you're keeping that relationship with him, and then it gives you the opportunity at certain occasions on that nurture campaign to then bring it up. Oh, by the way, I just wanna make sure you know that I'm looking to grow my business, I'm looking for referrals. So the most overlooked, I believe, is that people don't add their relatives to the list. They don't add, and here's a great thing, Steven, my brother, who everybody knows I talk about all the time, from, he's a realtor. He got a deal from our Aunt Beth who gave him, it was a referral deal. She was, where were they at the time? They were moving, I guess, to South Dakota, I think. And they, he got a referral deal. Now, he wasn't the real estate agent, but she reached out to him. He was able to vet an agent in the area. And guess what? He made a commission. He made 25%, I believe, wow. off of that commission. So the point That's being great. is, like, think about that as a real estate agent. How many deals are you losing right now? Because you have relatives spread across the country yep. and you're thinking to yourself, I don't work in that yeah. zone. And you can get a referral fee that easy. But And that kind of goes to when to send a letter. You mentioned you wouldn't want to send a, a, a letter to your Uncle Joe every, every month. Every time asking for referrals. Well, but you if, could. It'd be if nice you have a piece campaign. of marketing or you have a newsletter, you have something, an email that's going out to that list, to your client list, this is where you need to add those people into that marketing mix. That way mm -hmm. they're still receiving an item of value from you, mm -hmm. but then they're consistently reminded that this is what you do for a profession. And then every once in a while, every 
third letter, fourth letter, whatever your cadence is mm -hmm. of that uh, for American Lifestyle, it goes out six times a year. Mm -hmm. So every other year or every other year, every, every other issue, every other year you that's ask. three times a year, right? <laughs> you're just mentioning in there that you know that you do work off of referrals or even if you're not in the area like you mentioned, yep. put the group of people that you're sending to that aren't in your local area mm -hmm. into another segment. Yep. Because now that's a new message that you need to explain to them how they could help benefit your business because mm -hmm. these people care about you. You're sending mm -hmm. them something of value. So they're going to want to help. You just have to spell that out. And can them. I make the uh, tangential point that a personal note is so valuable these days? Like as, as technology and, and, and things have become point. more accessible. Yes. Yeah. What, like one of the things that I love about our business right now. If you now, want to know how rare it is, just sit down and start writing something, like yeah. writing a card out. You're yes. Like, I don't know what to say. My hand hurts after writing three yeah. sentences. My hands, and my handwriting sucks. <laughs> like, wow, I, I forgot to write how to, how to write in cursive. <laughs> I mean, who knows how to write in cursive anymore? I don't. But the point being is that a personal letter or a package that you're given or something that you're sent is so much more valuable. We're seeing a rise come back in direct mail. Why? Because as everything gets in more inundated from technology standpoint, you're getting less and less direct mail. So now it's more valuable. Think about it. If someone sent you a personal letter right now, would you not open it? Mm. You would open it. Yeah. You'd open every one. If someone sent you a FedEx package, you're opening every one. Yeah. So the point being is like it becomes super, so much more valuable. So, so other ideas would be your social routine. Yep. Right. So this is your day to day. If you're going to the gym, if you're part of a church, if you're part mm -hmm. of a community program, making sure that you're including people that you interact with on a peripheral basis. Mm -hmm. They might not be part of your your circle, your social circle, mm -hmm. but these are certainly people that you run into every single day. You've told stories about your personal. The gym is interesting gym. Yeah. because um, like I go to the gym now. I've been on this kick since January trying to go to the gym at 430 and all that good stuff. But I'm going to start that next yeah. year. That's my <laughs> guys. Please resolution. hold him to that. Hold him to what did you say, 4.30? Yeah, 4.30. In the afternoon. Yeah, 4.30 in the afternoon. The point being is the, the, the power of the gym is that you see the same people usually. Don't I mean, you won't see the same people in January and, and usually in March because people <laughs> give up on their New Year's resolutions. From March to but, December. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm seeing the same people every single day. And you can't help but get to know those people. Once you see them every single day or every other day, if you're going to the gym every other day, you can't help but get to know them. And the beautiful thing about it is don't go, just go the first time you're at the gym and go introduce yourself, but over time. And then a really good tip for you would be friend the trainers at the gym. Because they know everybody. Because they want to talk to you, yep. of course, because they want you to be a client, but they know everybody. And they'll introduce, in, in nine times out of 10, the easiest way to get introduced to somebody at the gym is when the trainer's there. Because the trainer will be talking to that person. Mm. You'll come over and you'll go, because I know our trainer in the gym, Steve. I'll go, hey, Steve, how's it going? Oh, by the way, hey, by the way, my name's Luke. And now I have an introduction to Josh through Steve, and it's more natural, and Josh doesn't feel awkward. So just a networking tip for you there. But you want to add your social routine that Josh is saying. And what people don't realize is when one of the common things we have when we we sign people up for our magazine and say, well, I don't have 50 people to send to, which is crazy to think about because of course you have 50 people. You're just not thinking about it the right way. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the segmentation of your list, you think about your social routine. Don't just think, okay, you got your gym, but you have your church, right? That you might go to. So you have, you know, people at church, your pastor, but even more than that, you have your, your person who delivers your mail. Guess what? That person usually is the same person. 
You know, think about it when you're a professional salesperson, a professional financial advisor, a real estate agent, something like that. That person, not only do you see every day, a lot of times the people I'm going to mention here, the person who delivers your mail, they see a ton of people. So they're what I would like to say is like an influencer, a connector. They they have relationships with so many people because their work makes them. Yep. You could go as far as the per- person who um, picks up your trash, the person that you run into every day at the grocery store. These the, the library if people go to the library anymore you go to the library anymore my wife and children go to the library every week there like you go twice a week the yeah. library the daycare these type of places that you're going to every single day it's a natural place for you to add them to a segmentation write them a personal letter because you're seeing them every day it gives you time to nurture and build that relationship mm-hmm. you don't have to go in a hundred percent going for the sale you go in just naturally introducing yourself past and current clients past is another and current clients uh, Obvious segmentation. So let's hit on our realtors real quick. So what is it? Over 88%, am I getting the stat right? Over 88% say they're going to use their realtor again? Yes. Yeah. 11% 11 actually actually do. do. So 88% say they're going to use you again at the closing table. So this was a survey. They surveyed, I believe, over 2,000. Um, home home buyers at the uh, closing table said, were you happy with Josh Dyke, your realtor? Would you use him again? 88% yes. When they surveyed him again, five years later, I think it was. It was five, I might be seven. getting my years, years a little bit. Maybe yeah. it was seven years. Seven years later, 11% had used them. Why? Because, not because you did a j- bad job at the transaction. You probably did a great job at the transaction. You did a great job. You probably serviced it well. Said yeah. They'd use it again. You did a terrible job at the relationship. Yeah. Why are we talking about writing a personal letter? Why is this whole week themed around <laughs> writing a personal letter? Because we're, we, we want you to get personal and build a relationship with people. Because when you build a relationship with people, then they'll remember you and use you a lot of times because of the charity aspect. Meaning like you feel bad not using your friends when they do something, right? So if you have a trainer that's a friend at the gym and you're going to get a trainer, wouldn't you feel bad if you didn't use that person? Like you're sitting there drinking a beer with them and you're like, oh man, I'm going to the gym now, I'm getting trained. And here's your friend, the trainer, and you're not using them, right? So the, the almost like the charity aspect. So you can capitalize on that. But that's the the point of the relationship. And I'll tie it into financial advisors right now. So what you have to understand when you're a financial advisor is when I'm investing my money with you, right? If you don't have a relationship with me, if you haven't written me a personal letter to get to know me, to invest in me, and not just a personal letter, but this is the example we're using. When the market turns, and I don't know when the market's going to turn. But history dictates that the market's going to turn. We've been on a bull market forever right now. So the market's going to turn. When that market turns, if you don't have a relationship with me, all you are is eTrade.com. All you are to me is just a vendor, a program, an application that invests my money and I'm expecting a return. If you're the guy that knows my wife, Megan, that I have a dog named Nora and Bilbo because my wife loves Lord of the Rings for some reason. I love you, babe. But But the point being is, if you're that guy or that girl that it knows me personally, that's writing me personal letters, that's investing in the relationship, now when the market turns, it's harder for me to move my money because you're not just E-Trade. You're not just an application. You're an actual relationship. And that's why that segmentation When you think about your clients and you think about your past clients, it's so critical that you keep in touch with those people because the last thing you want 
is you want them, and how many of us have this experience in our own lives? You go to buy something and the service is amazing. Mm -hmm. They're on top of things, they're calling you back, they're texting you, they're going an extra mile and they're giving you things and you feel on top of the world and then the deal is over, the transaction's done and you never hear from them. Yeah. How does that make you feel? What it makes you feel when you think about it, I promise you guys this, it makes you feel you were just a transaction. It does not matter how much you texted me during the transaction, kept in touch with me, did amazing service, all I feel like is a transaction at that point. And that's why having that segmentation and writing a personal letter to that segmentation is key. It's why you have to personalize it because number one, you you don't want to make them feel like they were either just a transaction or account number or that you're not recognizing them for what they gave to your business, right? They they uh, used you uh, and you helped them in what they were looking to accomplish with the services that you provide. But at the end of the day, they paid you. Yeah. You made money off that person. And they and know that. They know they that know. and they want to feel appreciated, which is yep. why you should split that group off and make sure that your letter addresses them uh, individually. Now, I would also say as part of kind of what to write in those types of letters, make sure to bring those people into your personal life. Don't make it all about That's business whenever you're yep. following up with them. And don't make it all, ab- don't make every single you know letter about the referral. I, love? I actually love, maybe this is weird, and tell me if you love these letters too. I love the letters I get that are like, this is this is what happened to our family this year. Right. Like Susie graduated from fourth grade. We had this happen. We went on this vacation. I actually like those letters. Yeah. So so I know <laughs> I it might too. be strange, but no, no, I think it's an example amazing. of a letter that you're talking about. I actually like those letters. It's exactly what to do. Yeah. Another one uh, to segment for would be top prospects. This one's another mm-hmm. obvious one. People that you've uh, maybe have just met, you've already had the meeting with, mm-hmm. but they're not a client yet. They haven't signed on with you or people that you know of that you really want to convert to a client for your business. That would be a separate segment to uh, to write towards, and then another one would be your sphere of influence, your business associates, people that you could um, that you network with that could recommend you. Your you, you should out. always um, uh, have a segmentation from a standpoint of your your I call them your hot leads, but your A list, your B list, your C list, and the idea of the time frames in which they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned this before that if someone says they're going to buy in six months, I've been told they're, they're going to probably buy in the next month. Meaning like, so you always got to, you know, calculate what you're doing, but you want to segment those people and keep in touch with those people based upon when their time frame of buying is. Because if I'm in the 30 day mode of buying, (laughs) sending me product information is awesome because it's so relevant to me. It's what I want. If I'm six months of buying, then you're going to want to make it maybe more personal, maybe more just, hey, it was great meeting you the other day. Keep the relationship alive. Keep the relationship I'm always impressed. Like I'm part of this group called YPO and we do networking events and stuff like that. I'm always impressed when I meet these other executives at the event and they take the time to shoot me just even a personal message on LinkedIn. Hey, great to meet you. You know, one of the letters I just got referenced the event we went to, which was about this water event and everything like that. And it said, it, it was basically, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, like straws or killing oh. so many like sea turtles and all that this is probably not a terrible you know to bring us down but straws <laughs> are like killing the environment right so we this have is we have someone in our office that killing. uses reusable straw well there you go so it's this like a real event thing. was all about that so we we're learning about that so he goes i'd love to go out for drinks with you sans the straws you know so he's <laughs> mentioning that right which is awesome because then you know he's connecting with me personally and following up and the difference is because I'm meeting so many people at that event. There's a hundred people at that event. I'm meeting so many, and just sending a personal note to me yeah. 
separates yep. that person out of the whole crop that was there. Yeah. So ideas for writing messages. Uh, make sure that when you are writing messages that you're also including a call to action. You know, the, the status updates are great, making sure that people yep. are aware of what's in your life. But what is going to help you or where do you want to take this group of people next? So beyond that letter. Um, tell them what's going on in your life is something that we talked about. Another thing is like, don't overthink the writing. We think of it like a Facebook status message is kind of like the one yes. that I think of, like a Facebook status. Well, I don't update. think anybody cares right. about that stuff anymore. What is I don't it? Think what so. is the Chicago format? What was the format? The Chicago Manual of Style. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so no one cares about that. Nobody anymore. cares. APA, I, I hate, MLA. I mean, no. uh, Jesse cares about it. We Our care brand about it. Manager, we care. We write the magazine. But when writing your messages, make it personal. Make it real. Write like you speak. Yeah. Seth Godin, uh, the author's a great example of this. If you watch Seth Godin speak, and all of my go, writers back here are shaking. Shaking their head at me with hatred. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch Seth Godin speak and then go read one of his books, he literally writes exactly yeah. how he speaks. Correct. He writes um, yep. uh, chapters or, or paragraphs in his book, entire sections, will be like three sentences long yep. uh, on to the next point. You know, and just writing basically there, like we're talking there now. There is a marketing, uh, and you know this better than I do, like you want to write like not at a fifth grade level, but the point being No, I think you, it's like a third grade yeah, level. Yeah, you want to write like, <laughs> literally. is it a second grade letter? Yeah, we're getting our writer basically confirmed this a second grade letter or level because people's understanding they can comprehend it real fast they know exactly what to do yep and and it's not overcomplicating don't overcomplicate yep. don't use unnecessary adjectives write in common sense english you know mm -hmm. all of these things uh will help you kind of get started with this and just just write like you were going to have that yes. conversation i would say you know don't misspell things don't miss now an email. No, we're not talking about email marketing, but I've heard statistically, like if you misspell something a little bit in your subject, pe people yeah. actually well, look at automation. it more because of automation, yeah. right? But personal letters are not automated, so I would say don't misspell things. But the goal at the end of the day is to be persuasive, right? You want to mm -hmm. be able to persuade somebody to the next step. You want to be thankful, especially if it's a past client or yep. it's a relationship that you have, and you want to be authentic. So if yep. you can hit on those three things, you'll have success. So I actually pulled, um, I pulled our marketing services team here. Love it. And and got some feedback from them to find out what tips we've given clients or we've seen clients use in their letter writing. Now this is specific to ALM, but it's general. This can work, uh, obviously these tips work with our yeah, magazine, the board. but this could work across the board. Brandon actually said that, um, he said that he's found a lot of agents have a bio already on their website or on Facebook. Okay. So he sometimes recommends that they use a bio on their inside cover letter. That way they're giving clients and prospects some background on their personality and credentials, but don't have the pressure of having to think up of an entire letter to write this. So I thought mm. that was a cool idea. If yep. you're kind of hitting a blank great wall idea. for this month's newsletter or letter that you're writing, consider writing about yourself, what your bio is, what your background your story. is, what brought you to this yeah. point. Yep. Um, another great one, Jessica said that clients always think that their, uh, our clients always think their clients should just call them automatically, which is great. <laughs> we see that all the time. But explaining that you have to give the, uh, their clients a reason to call. So at the bottom of the letter saying first person to call with a referral in their favorite article of the magazine gets a $20 gift card. Ah, that's a great idea. That's yep. a way to get That's engagement. the call to action you're talking about. But you know what I love about that call to action is it's value to them. And at right. the same time, you're getting what you want. So when you think of clever call to actions that add value to the person who's actually doing the call to action, that's the, that's the key. I had to laugh about this one because this is kind of the same way uh, as the typo that you mentioned. Yes. But Daniel uh, said that he had uh, someone had purposefully put the wrong dates or holidays in the letter. So if this mailing was going out in November for Thanksgiving, they would write Happy Fourth of July. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> His, uh, the recipients would call him to let him know that the letter was wrong, which opened the door for further conversation. <laughs>
That is genius. Oh, it kind of goes along with the typo. Now you're, you're awesome. taking a risk there. You yeah, really, you are taking. You a have risk. to know your audience. Maybe do that to your friends and family first to see how it works. Because yeah. or put a crazy say. picture on your inside front cover. Get people to call you. Another great <laughs> one. Amber said, recommend adding a call to action, asking their recipients to friend you on Facebook, so you can interact there. Mm. Um, or, or writing about ties to your area that you work in. So if you're a local professional, um, talking about have you lived there your whole life, how involved in the community are you, anything fun coming up in the neighborhood because featuring fun events in the area is a great way to catch the reader's attention. Yep. It's also yep. a great way to have a conversation with your local. You know, your yeah, local become clients. the community advocate, which is ultimately your goal as a service-based professional in your community. And then another one I thought was great, uh, Dan and Brittany both said this, but uh, having different groups and letters already pre-written for birthdays, anniversaries, or any other big event in people's yeah. lives, and then just move people into that segment for December. So take a look at everyone. Awesome. So you yep. only have to write a birthday letter once. Once, yep. Take a look at everyone that has a birthday in December, move them into that segment so for awesome. that month. Then next month, everyone that has a birthday, anniversary, or another important event in January, move them in, just keep moving them One in. One of the out. greatest tips I heard was leveraging holidays and literally, and they were doing it through text. You could do it through letter two, but literally shooting everybody in your database a text that says, you know, happy Thanksgiving, thinking about you. Everybody thinks it's a personal text, personal message from you, even though you're doing it to everybody. Yeah. And you're doing it for your whole segment. So that's awesome. Plays right on that. So there you go. There's some tips for writing a letter, how to personalize your letters, how to segment your audience for those letters. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today on Stay Paid, please go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and make Do sure to leave it. a comment. Yes, you please. You can also find our podcast in video on youtube.com slash remindermedia. Make sure to tell someone about the podcast today if you like it. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, please email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram or LinkedIn. And of course, you can always check out Reminder Media on social media. We are at Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acree. Guys, please go and rate us five stars. The reason why I want you to do that right now is because if this gets rated five stars, then it gets the chance to be seen by more people, which means more people will engage with it and hopefully take value away from it to grow their business. That's what this is all about. I want to close with this action item for the podcast because I think it's super relevant. It's coming up is I want to challenge each one of you to take your database, you have Thanksgiving literally right around the corner and you have Halloween right around the corner, right? So choose one of those holidays and literally write a personal note to the core people in your database, the people that you know have really made a difference in your business this year. Maybe it's through referrals, maybe it's the clients that you service this year. Write them a personal note, literally thanking them for you know being part of your life, whatever they've added to your life and then ask them for referrals in that personal letter. Take action on that. The difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 